Before we begin, I want to invite you to Explore Purpose Live. Each month, I host a live Zoom call with Explore Purpose listeners just like you. And the next one's coming up May 5th on Thursday, May 5th, 7 p.m. Explore Purpose Live is just a a practical conversation, a casual conversation with people just like you. I often bring along a guest who will inspire us to live with purpose and meaning. So come on, won't you join us? Click on the link below to sign up and you'll be in. And I look forward to seeing you at Explore Purpose Live. Welcome to Explore Purpose the podcast designed to inspire you to live with purpose so that you can make a greater impact on the world around you. Hi, my name is Conrad Weaver. I'm your host for the program, and I'm so glad you stopped by to listen today. Do you have a plan for your life? Or are you the type that just lives day by day and, you know, whatever comes, comes and whatever happens, happens? Well, if you have a plan, is it written down? My guest today says there's a huge value in writing down your plan or your purpose. Rick Highland is the author of the best-selling book called Live Your Purpose, a step-by-step guide to live your best life. And he wrote his first purpose statement at the age of 26. This decision radically impacted his life. He says his purpose statement has blessed me financially, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Rick says he loves striving for peak performance in order to accomplish his work, financial, spiritual, relationship, mental, and physical health goals. And today, Rick is here to share with us about his purpose journey. We recorded this conversation a few months ago. It was right after the new year, so you'll hear some references to that. So here's my conversation with Rick Highland. Rick Highland, welcome to Explore Purpose. Thank you so much for joining me today. Conrad, thanks for having me. So how are things in uh, the great American West? Salt Lake City, Utah is beautiful, a little cold, but sunny today and enjoying winter. Awesome. So um, we talked off air the other day and I know a little bit about your story, but for our, our audience, tell us a little bit about who you are and what do you do? Yeah, so I retired from my full-time consulting gig uh, two years ago, and I started a company called Continuous Improvement for Life, or CI for Life. And it's really all to do with my purpose that I developed when I was a struggling MBA student at 26 years old. So my consulting career was about continuous improvement with big organizations. And now in my retirement or my semi-retirement, I've wrote a book about purpose, and I'm now uh, coaching and consulting about purpose to small business and millennials. So it's a lot of fun and uh, retirement is great. So how did you discover your purpose when you were 26? That's kind of an early age for, to really like nail that, you know? Yeah. So I was, uh, I just moved my, uh, it was at the time it was Cheryl and I and two kids. We had six total, but we had two kids at the time and we moved across country to the East Coast to do an MBA program. And uh, I knew I was the youngest and kind of least experienced of the group. So uh, I got in the program and knew I had to work hard and I'd been taught by my parents how to work hard. So I doubled down and about seven or eight weeks in the program, I got a big test back and it was one of the lowest in the class. And it was economics class, professor named Don, I can remember vividly today, uh, 30 plus years later. And, 
And I was pretty devastated because I, I had worked hard and I'd made this big uproot and we didn't know anybody and, you know, all the complications that go mm. with a big move like that. And so uh, I had a pity party on a Friday night. And on Saturday, I told Cheryl, I'm going down to my unfinished basement and I'm going to kind of work out what I'm supposed to do. And I didn't, didn't really know what I was doing, but I was a big fan of Seven Habits of Highly Effective People mm -hmm. by Stephen Covey and still am. And uh, I remember him talking about begin with the end in mind, having a mission or a purpose or a clarity to your life. And so I reread his chapter on that and some other writers, Richard Bull, for example, talked about that. And so those were kind of the two writers. Oh, and I should say Viktor Frankl. Uh, man oh, sure. Yeah. And so those were kind of my three inputs. And I sat down that weekend and knocked out what I called the, this purpose statement. And it was about at the time, it was about 40 words. And I felt pretty good about it. I went back to class and, you know, it wasn't a big revelation or anything. Um, and I, I didn't finish valedictorian by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I did okay. And it came to graduation time and, and looking for jobs or just before graduation, looking for jobs. And Nothing looked really interesting. And all of a sudden, this small boutique consulting company, I think it was 30 people at the time, came recruiting to our university. Um, and it just, it just knocked me over. It had almost some of the same words hmm. in that I had craft in their recruiting statement that I had crafted a year and a half previous to that. It was continuous improvement. It was make a difference where other people left off action orientation, make a difference in people and companies lives. So I was all in, I told, went home to Cheryl and said, Hey man, I found it. Hmm. So I applied for the job. And a few days later it came back and it was on the board. This is before computers. So you had to do the humiliation act and go in the recruiting office and look on the board and see if you were picked. And it wasn't picked hmm. for wow. an interview. And I was, you know, I had a little shock to the system and, and before I could throw a big pity party, I, I called up the recruiting office and I said, they said, I said it this way, I, I don't know if I was this bold, but maybe I, maybe I was. And I said, um, you know, my name's Rick Highland. I applied for your job. I think you made a mistake. <laughs> and they said, okay, Mr. Highland, let me, let me look at your resume. And they looked up my resume and, and he said, well, yeah, yeah, I appreciate your call, but you were some of the you know, youngest and least experienced candidates that applied. And so I didn't have anything to lose at that point, Conrad. Mm -hmm. So I, I, told him this whole story about the purpose statement and uh, the same words and action orientation, continuous improvement, make a difference. And oh, okay, kid, apply for the job. Put your name up on the interview list. I remember it was a Thursday at 5 p.m. And I was the 11th interview. Long story short, Conrad, I was the only one that got the job that year. Hmm. Uh, retired 32 years later as the CEO and the largest, second largest shareholder of the company. And we had just a Great growth story, and anyhow, and I, mm -hmm. I, uh, I attribute much of that to obviously hard work and uh, a lot of great people around me. But the purpose is what drove me. Mm. I was so, even when the ups and downs of that career over thirty-two years came, I was so crystal clear that this is the type of work that I was meant to do because mm. of purpose. And so when I retired, I thought, you know, I should write a book about this. And so I did research and. Lo and behold, Conrad, and particularly over the last 15 years, there's been some amazing research on the power of purpose in people's lives, the sure. health benefits, the psychological benefits, the well-being benefits. I just knew it from a career and focus standpoint. Mm -hmm. And uh, there is so many, as you know, there's so many other 
benefits for having clarity and purpose in your life. So, right. you know, that's how I came up, yeah. came about. Well, I want to get into some of those, those uh, consequences of living with purpose, but I want to first go back and when you were exploring what your purpose is, how did you as a 26 year old figure that out? Uh, what was the process like and what would you do different today if you were in that same process? Well, and I've been through both, right? Because when I read throughout the book, I said, okay, well, what were the questions I was asking myself and how can I articulate? So as I've taken people through the process of developing a purpose statement or a vision for their life, I kind of use all those terms interchangeably. It's all about having a clarity about who you are and where you want to go. And so I developed this triple seven process and it's basically seven journal sessions, asking yourself a few questions over seven days and you come up with it. And the, the, the foundation, the two most important questions that I remember doing and that I've taken people through now are both one is forward looking and the other is backward looking. Cause I don't think this is just a look at your history and determine your future. I think it's also a visioning process of trying to pull out your best self. So mm -hmm. the railroad looking question that I found very powerful for people and, and including in the feedback I've got from folks is what are my strengths and how do I want to bring those forward to the world in my everyday? And that is a powerful question to journal and reflect on. What are those strengths that I bring and how can I bring those forward? And then the second question is more forward looking and I love, and people have reflected, and, and Stephen Covey talks about this in that same book that I mentioned. Um, imagine yourself at your funeral. Hmm. Now, you can't control what people are saying, but if you could influence that, what would you like them to say? If you could project forward 50 years, 40 years, 20 years, 10 years, however many years you have left, what would you like them to be saying about you? Hmm. toughest, richest son of a gun, you know, no matter what, he ran over people and accomplished the goal or, you know, what is it that you want yeah. people to imagine and say about you? And the combination of those two, rearwood, what strengths I want to bring to the hmm. world, forward looking, what does my best self look like? And then, of course, the harder work or the most important work after that is engineering yourself and looking, okay, so if that is my best self and these are hmm. my strengths, how do I bring that forward to the to the world. And I, I include that in my second section of the book, but to answer your question, those are the two most powerful questions to get yourself to craft a both bringing your best self from the past and looking forward to the future. Boy, when, if you can really, uh, you know, think about that as, you know, look at your end, look what your end goal is. And I did that a little bit on a more localized, I guess the localized is, isn't the right word, but uh, on a small scale, just for this this next year, I projected okay. myself to January 1st, 2023. And I said, okay, what do I want to have accomplished this past year? And I wrote those things down. And that, so that's my focus this year. And so I, I, I listened to this other podcast by Craig Groeschel, the, the, the Craig Groeschel Leadership Podcast. And he says, your life moves in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Yes. And so when I put these thoughts into my head, this is where I want to be a year from now. Then I begin to move in that direction. Do you think that's Absolutely. the same way for your whole life when you're looking at, at the end? Yes. Absolutely, Conrad. In fact, that's the steps, isn't it? You have to then pass that big picture 10 year, 20 year vision for my life that I've articulated in this purpose. Now in the new year, here we are in, in January 2022. This is a perfect time to ask that question. 
I, I call those yearly goals, but you can call it a yearly vision. Well, I don't, it doesn't matter, does it? As long as sure. you're then reverse engineering, this is my vision for my life. Okay, what do I have to then do and focus on this year to move towards that vision for my life? And that's the exact process, isn't it? You have to yeah. reverse engineer it back to then yearly chunks. And then I like even taking it a step forward. You know, people ask me, what are the three best tools at the be- beginning of the year, or best habits? beginning of the year. One is a vision for your life. Two is a vision for your year. And then three is break that down into a weekly plan. So mm-hmm. now, as you as you said, I've got a vision or direction for my life this year in 2022. Then each week on a Sunday night or a Monday morning, I sit down and say, okay, there's my vision for my year, what I want to accomplish and do and be. What what do I want to do? What do I have and time? Break, break that I, down because that's a that huge goal, right? Week and then my day. And, and if you don't, it just becomes aspirational. Now, there is some power in the brain and just having that out there. Sure. And intention. I believe in that as well. Mm-hmm. But boy, if I can bring that back to my weekly chunk of time and plan accordingly and, our, and, and pull out two or three key important but non-urgent items. Because what happens in the week if we don't? Mm-hmm. We get so sucked up and busy. Busy yeah. with the kids, busy with commitments, busy with your work, busy with your volunteer, whatever it is that we can get sucked up into busy without really making a difference on some of those long-term, aspirational, important, but not urgent items. So that's why I love breaking it right back down even to the week. Sure. it's. Uh, I know that you run marathons and I'm sure as training for a marathon, you don't just go out one day and run 26.2 miles, right? Exactly. You, 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 you have a plan. You prepare. You have a plan. Yeah. yeah. And that and that's it's it's the beginning of the year. What a great time to plan. Honor the what you learned and, and the blessings from last year is a great exercise. And then the second one is to plan for your life this year. And, uh, you know, that's exactly what you do in a marathon. Right. You have a 20 week, 30 week, whatever it is, depends on the base you start with and a training plan. And you can Google it right now if you want to run a three and a half hour marathon you know exactly what you need to do each week. You need to have a long run. You need to have an interval run. You need to have not go up more than 10% each week. There's all these laws and rules in order for you to get that time and accomplish your goal. And it's the same like any goal. You have to have a plan. You have to have expert knowledge and insight because sometimes we try to do it on our own. That's one of my big learnings again this last year is when in my own life and people that I coach, when they get the expert insight, let's say it's finances you're trying to improve. You have to have expert insight because you could say, oh, I'm going to save, I'm going to earn, I'm going to pull out. But if you're investing and doing the wrong things, even though your intention is right, without expert insight or learning, you need that as well to run a good marathon, to run, be good with your finances, whatever it might be. But anyhow, I, I digress, but all sorts of learnings in uh, trying to be intentional and plan your life. And how important is accountability to someone that can, can track with you? Oh, isn't that so important, right? Whether it be your marriage partner, your kids, your friends, your cheering section, an expert financial advisor, it does, you know, you need, in fact, I like accountability partners in different parts of my life, mm. right? In finance, mm-hmm. I like my person that I respect the most in financial insight to get accountability and insight from. I like, you know, in relationships, the person that I admire the most. So yeah, absolutely. These hard things we're trying to do in life can't be Mm. done on our own. And that's one of the big lies and big myths is that with willpower Mm. and intentionality alone, I can accomplish all things. Not true. 
The next step behind intentionality is then accountability or insight partners or cheerleaders, if you will, mm. to help us along this journey and path. And boy, we can do it much better together with uh, accountability and insight partners. You know, in your journey, I'm sure you've probably had ups and downs in in reaching your purpose and going towards yes. your purpose. What are some of those things that have distracted you and how did you recover from that? Yeah, you know, uh, there's so many things, but I'll give you one big one, busyness. Mm. I am so busy. I'm exhausted. I can't get to those important non-urgent things because I'm so busy at work. I get so many demands from my, my employees and my clients that I can't get to that big intentional, non-urgent thing that I really wanted to, that I think is going to make a difference for our revenue or my life or whatever the goal might be. And so I think busyness and distraction is, is two of the biggest uh, sidelines. And so, yeah, that's why it's so important to have a written goal, to have it down and to review it regularly. Otherwise, you get sucked into the distraction and busyness. You know, distractions could be you know, everything from social media to TV to, you know, whatever that are good things to do, maybe to relax and unwind because self-care is important. Let's not, yeah. let's not, uh, let's not uh, undervalue the importance of self-care and taking time to renew, if you will. Yeah. But um, to be intentional and to stay focused on your goal is so important today because distraction uh, is such a big enemy to accomplishing big things, right? And, and busyness is as well. Because we get sucked into that thinking, okay, I'm busy. I must be, you know, doing great. Well, not so fast, my friend. You may yeah. not. <laughs> well, it's like my friend that I interviewed for the 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 launch of this show, Whitney Hahn. She said, you know, busy does not equal success. Yes. And I think too often we, and, and, you know, in her words, she said, we confuse those two. We say busy is, oh, I'm busy, so I must be successful. Yeah. You, you show me a person that's saying yes to everything <laughs> and I'll show you a well-intentioned but unfocused person yeah. that's not clear on where they're trying to take their lives. Like, yeah, is that a lesson you had to learn? Oh, absolutely. You have to constantly and relearn that one, right? What's really important for the big picture this year, right? Can I, I can say yes to all things at work and make a huge sacrifice to the, my relationships goals and vice versa. So you have to be super clear and intentional on your goals or I'm exhausted at the end of the week, but I promised my daughter a date night, right? But I'm mm -hmm. super exhausted from all the great things I was doing at work, but because I'm intentional and because I'm focused on it, because I want that long-term goal, I somehow find the courage and clarity and energy to also have that date that 20 years later, your daughter says that your wedding night is one of the greatest memories I have about my dad. He always made time for me and my one-on-one -on -one times. You go, oh, okay. <laughs> that was worth being intentional. That was worth being focused. Yeah. And that was worth saying, worth saying no to something else in, in, in sure. uh, sight of greater good. Sure. So what, what are some of those things that you do on a regular basis that keep you focused on, on that purpose? So um, I've already mentioned the importance of weekly planning, uh, yearly goal setting, weekly planning, and then daily planning. I love that quiet, uh, creative period on a Sunday or a Monday morning where you can look at your roles and goals. Uh, for me, it's faith, family, health and fitness, CI for life and financial that I block it into as a 60-year-old. It might be different for people as a 20-year-old or 80-year-old, but that's what the goal roles that I look at and I say, okay, what do I really want to accomplish in those things? Not what's in my calendar necessarily, although mm -hmm. those are, I'll probably accomplish those, but 
what are the important non-urgent things that I want to do this date? I want to take my oldest um, daughter and her husband out for lunch on Saturday to celebrate their promotion and their success that they just had in their life. Well, that's something that might just fly by if I'm not intentional about it. So that weekly planning is a superpower. If you want to be great and you want to look back 30 years after your life, weekly planning and being intentional on the most important things in your life is critical. But then just as important for purpose is daily planning. Like there is some purpose juice just out of daily planning. Conrad, I did an interesting study of 1,500 people from the U.S., Canada, Australia, and Canada, uh, um, Australia, Canada, U.S., and the U.K., 1,500 people, not a large sample size, but I, I was looking at questions, a whole bunch of questions around happiness and purpose, mm. and I learned a really interesting thing. I looked at the people that said they were happiest, and one of their top three habits in correlation to happiness was daily planning. They didn't wow. say anything about a big purpose in life, mm -hmm. although they, they did later in a different question. But they said one of the things that gives them purpose is just to wake up and have a plan. Mm. And so there is so many values to just having a plan for the day, whether it be to, you know, whatever it might be at work or doing the groceries or whatever it might be, cooking a meal, doing something with your daughter, but just to have a plan for the day. And then I love in our busyness to have a prioritized plan for the day. Cause we all know that, you know, like mm -hmm. Mike Tyson said, you might have a plan until you get punched in your mouth and then <laughs> all get chaos, right? But right. You know, of the 20 things I got to do today, what are the most important three things? Mm -hmm. And then let's deliver with excellence those three things. We, our employees, our kids, our, might, there might be all these things that pull us off the other things, but these are the three things. Mm. You know, I started doing something last year and I, I don't do it regularly now. I still have a daily plan that I do, but I started writing instead of saying goals for the day, I wrote down, here are my three wins for the day. Mm. And Being when I, when I can hit yeah. those wins, that's a win. You know, I can hit the, I, I can that. check that off. I can scratch it off the list. It's a win. And it, and it kind of gave me that little you know, adrenaline pump that, Hey, this is, this is a good thing. And, and it, it motivated me to get to the next one, you know, to have those yeah. wins. Yeah, I, I agree. In fact, I, I came out after the book, people said, well, you know, how do I really execute on what you've talked about in there? So I came up with this CI for life planner and in there every day there, there of course, there's the beginning, there's a spot for purpose and goals and action plans. Like we just talked about, but every day there's gratitude on one side, mm. gratitude and learnings. And then the other day is the plan for the day. And then there is such juice, isn't there, Conrad, about getting a check mark for hitting yeah. a prioritized plan or in your case, the vision for the day. Like I'm going to win in these three areas today, no matter yeah. what happens. Right. And then to get that check mark and that sense of accomplishment is gives you purpose juice, gives you meaning. Absolutely. <laughs> so how, how important is it to you? To, I mean, I express gratitude every morning before I get out of bed. I think about those things that I'm, but, but how important is it? And this is something I, I struggle with. Is it to write it down, to have it on paper? How, how important is that to you? To me, it's, it's, it's so important. In fact, when I went to write the book, I researched it. Is this, is this just me dreaming this up? Or there is so much research behind the value of writing down. Even, even critical care patients, when they've had hip operations, there's research. They did two control studies. One group uh, didn't write it down, but but got the same training, the same idea that they're supposed to work through the pain, do their rehab, do their physical therapy. And the second group wrote down not only 
uh, when the pain hits, I am still going to do this. And, mm -hmm. and we're, we're coached and, and the, that control group was writing it down. And that control group recovered five times faster than the group that didn't write it wow. down. I can go back to Starbucks training. The, what they make their people, when customers are upset, this is how I will respond. And they make them write that down. So mm -hmm. there is so much value in writing down your goals, writing down your learnings, writing down your gratitude, if nothing else, because in life, what our brain focuses on what's missing or what still has to have accomplished. And what, what you find yourself, if that's, if you allow your mind to focus on that all the time, on what you still haven't accomplished in your mm. purpose or goals, mm. you could be a dissatisfied, un, but if you can also focus and hold at the same time, I'm striving for this, but at the same time, I, I have been blessed by so much. I am grateful mm. for so much. I, in fact, that's the key to goal setting and purpose is to be grateful for progress. It's mm. not to be, wow, okay, I accomplished my goal of running, running the marathon. It's, I am so grateful for the progress I've made. I used to be only to be able to run a mile and now I can run three miles. Mm. I mean, there is such value in honoring the gain in as we, because I, you know, how many people at the time have you heard people say, well, I'll be happy when I graduate from college, right. when I'm married, when I pay off the house, when I get this fancy car. Well, that's really not happy people. Yeah. Happy people are able to both strive for a direction in their life, a higher direction or purpose mm -hmm. and be happy and content in the moment. And that's such fascinating. In fact, that's the third section of my book that I learned as a, 45 year old here I was I had accomplished my goals I had wealth I but I was still in this grinding mode mm -hmm. and I was still stressed and I was still so there must be more to it than that and I read this book great book called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle and it completely freaked me out I had to read it mm -hmm. three times to understand it that I could be present I could still be striving for something in my life but be present and enjoy this very moment. And I think, you know, uh, Paul talks about in the New Testament, full and hungry, this idea that I can strive, I can have something to mm -hmm. look forward to and purpose. And at the same time, I can be content and humble mm -hmm. and grateful. So yeah, you got me all excited. That's kind of <laughs> the key. purpose is a big key, but also gratitude and being present mm -hmm. and being grateful for what you have is also a big key to happiness and success. It, 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 I guess it could be a cliche, but it's enjoying the journey, right? Yeah. It, it's like, you know, we oftentimes and growing up, we would go on a road trip and we'd go, you know, I remember one year we went, drove up to the Dakotas and that's a long drive from Ohio. And it was about the journey. It was about enjoying the things that we saw along the way. And I tried to live my life that way and try to teach my kids that, you know, as they were growing up. It's not just about the destination. Yeah, it's going to be fun to see Mount Rushmore and all that stuff. But it's about, look at the, the plains that we went across and the, the beautiful scenery that we passed along the way. And I think life is that way. If I just focus on, you know, getting the big win at the end of whatever, I, I'm going to be more miserable along the way. But it's enjoying that process. Yeah, in fact, if you show me somebody that's been great for 20 or 30 years, I don't care. I just met Donny Osmond backstage, who's now 60 something and and had a 40 year career. No, actually 50 year career in show business. You show me somebody that's great in business over 40 years. 
I'll show you somebody that holds that balance, that mm -hmm. honors progress, enjoys the journey. Because if you're just about, oh, until I go to IPO or, oh, until mm -hmm. I pay off my house or whatever it is, uh, that's not a satisfying experience. You're going to burn out. You're going to, you're not going to enjoy it. But if you can both strive for something and enjoy the journey, I'll show you somebody that's going to be great over a long period of time, which is real. I think the goal, it's not just sure. be great for five years and then hang it up. Cause it's the only life we have, right? Right. <laughs> it's enjoy. like, we got to enjoy the journey here and be present in wh whatever situation we're in. And it's not just the future that we have to worry about. It's like the here and now we want to live in it now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so, that, that so in, in, in your purpose journey, has it transit, has it transformed along the way? Has it changed? Oh, yeah. Has it, and, and how did that process happen? Yeah. I, I think there are two um, adjustments to even the statement itself. One is I mentioned already at 45 kind of saying, okay, now I've accomplished my financial goals you know, uh, and I'm still experiencing stress and anxiety. How do I really learn to enjoy the moment versus just striving for something? And that's when I went through that journey of learning about gratitude and med meditation and acceptance and all these principles that and practices and tools that allow us to enjoy the enjoy the journey. And so I included something in my purpose statement about that exact, you know, enjoying the journey, acceptance for myself and others. You know, that word acceptance is so powerful mm. rather than, you know, I'll be great when mm -hmm. if you can learn to accept the here and now as well as strive for something. And so uh, that purpose state. And then when I went to retire, I adjusted it again a little bit and actually shortened it a little bit where it's really about practicing continuous improvement for my, with love and acceptance for myself and others. And that's all that statement is today. It was a lot wordier as a 26 year old <laughs> and it's been revised right down to that simple idea that I'm all about progression, but love and acceptance for myself and others. And I, I find those two ideas quite powerful in my mind that if I can enjoy that journey, if I can love and accept myself and others, but still striving for something, mm -hmm. uh, have a, having a purpose, uh, is very powerful idea for both happiness and success. In the course of your your years and living out your purpose, what would have life been like? How less of an impact would you have been able to make if you hadn't set that kind of in stone at, at the beginning of your journey? Yeah, I, I might have given up earlier. I might mm. win when it got tough and I didn't get the promotion I wanted, I might've given up earlier and switched or dropped or changed or got mad or got, you know, whatever it might be, but it's, it keep, kept me focused on the bigger prize. Is this still the best company to enact my greater purpose? Hmm. Yes. Okay. Then let's go about doing that business. So it, it gives you direction. It gives you clarity on what to say yes to and what to say no to. Um, as I already mentioned, when you're out of energy and you still haven't accomplished your greater purpose, it actually gives you energy. It gives you, okay, I'm exhausted at the end of the week, but I know my daughter or my son's game or my daughter's date or whatever it might've been. That's an important part of who I wanted to be. So it gives you energy to, okay, let me continue to do that. And once you get in that activity, it's amazing, but mm. I was still exhausted going into it. So mm. yeah, it gives you energy. It gives you clarity on what to say no to, what to say yes to, 
and gives you enduring power, I guess, is where that first part of that answer came from. It gives you enduring power to continue. Mm -hmm. So how is who you are the same or different than what you do? Oh, say, ask that again. So how is who you are the same or different than what you do? Mm, okay, well, there's a lot of ways to answer that. I love that question. So one way I'd answer that, because I get that a lot, is saying, let, let me translate it into how I hear it from others, saying, you know what, I have, a, I have a greater purpose in my children. That's my purpose. Um, yeah, you're a parent. That, that's awesome. And that's a big part of your life. Or my work gives me purpose. Absolutely. Um, or my faith gives me purpose. Absolutely. It's yes to all of those. And who do you want to really be inside of all those small p purposes? Mm. And that's why there's such value in and developing a purpose statement because it absolutely helps you articulate who you want to be. And yes, I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to be a parent. I'm going to be a worker. I'm going to be a servant. I'm going to be a all this stuff. But who's the greater who you want to be inside of all that? Um, that's the enduring power of an overarching purpose versus just the, this is what I do every day. I'm a work. Mm -hmm. I'm good at research. I'm good at uh, bringing companies. I'm good at serving people. I'm good at, yeah, that's that's what you're doing. But who do you really want to be inside of that? Does that answer your question, Conrad? Yeah, that, and I think so many people get lost in or get confused with that, that, okay, right now I'm working on a documentary about first responders. So I'm working with a lot of firefighters and yeah. police officers and Love others. That. Thank you for and, doing and, that. And, and they, get, they get really tied up in their profession. And they're good at it, you know, for I'm the most part. But when they retire, many retire around 55, they're lost. Yeah, because they don't they're they're not that first responder anymore. They don't if they're a police officer, they don't have a badge and a gun anymore. They're a firefighter. They're not responding, you know, on a truck and squirting water on fires. So they get lost in who they really are. And I think it's, it goes beyond first responders. It, it can be for you know, accountants anyway. or whoever, you know, when you put all your eggs in the I am this I am this profession. This is who I am. That confuses, that, that is confusing. And when you lose that part or you stop that part, now you're lost. Well, in fact, I just went through that as a 58-year-old retiring. And, oh, I'm a CEO of a consulting company. Well, mm -hmm. and, and now I don't have any staff. And now I don't have any, you know, I have no title. no. And it's like, oh, okay, well, who am I? So I went back to the purpose statement and said, mm -hmm. okay, so how does that continuous improvement with love and acceptance for myself and others look like now. I'm not just the CEO of a consulting company. Mm -hmm. I, this is my vision for my life. So how am I going to best, how does that phase look like phase two, if you will look like, or even people feel that after kids, the kids come leave mm -hmm. the house and they're lost. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like where, so that's the value of having that overarching purpose. My dad just experienced this as an 85 year old through mm -hmm. COVID, right? He's cut off his, my mom is in failing health through dementia. He's cut off from everybody during COVID. Uh, he doesn't have a church calling anymore. He doesn't have a, a work responsibility anymore. Uh, his wife's, and, and, and who am I? What, what is life about? And went back to those same two questions about strengths and future and crafted a purpose statement about creativity and connection and service and mentoring 
and then proactively started to make phone calls every week or dropping bread off at people, you know, so that he could enact his purpose in a different way in a COVID environment as an 85 year old with brand new circumstances. So you've just highlighted the value of purpose at different phases and ages of your life that you're not just a parent or a CEO or a first responder. What's your greater purpose? And then what does phase two look like? What does phase three look like? And go, keep going back to that purpose statement to find what phase two and phase three looks like. Yeah. Well, so and you've kind of touched on this, but what are some of the, the big life lessons that you've learned along the way in living out your purpose? Oh, man, that's such a great question. It's such a big question. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think, as I mentioned earlier, let me just grab my book here. Um, on chapter three, uh, I kind of knew this. But as I mentioned earlier, I thought it was just about, you know, uh, career benefits or financial benefits. And as I look back on it and I see it in other people's lives, let me from research. I won't cite you, cite you all the research paper. Let me let me give you the high graded top 10 benefits of living with purpose from scientific research. Number one, enhanced health and physical well-being. And I can testify to that. Greater resilience. How many of us during this time of COVID and uncertainty need greater resilience? Increased happiness, increased life satisfaction, better psychological well-being, more likely to engage in healthy habits. How much research and great books have been written on the power of habits, taking it away from willpower to habits, right? People who live with purpose are more likely to engage in healthy habits. Less chronic illness, such as stroke or heart problems, lower incidence of dementia. I've got that in my family. You don't think that that's a powerful motivating mm. influence for me and my siblings? Absolutely. A sure. higher quality of life and longer life, less hospital time. So those are some of the, and I can say yes to all of those, having seen that value. And I, I couldn't have articulated all, that, all of that without seeing some of the research, mm -hmm. but that's some of the value of purpose. And there's something for everybody in there, isn't it? It's not just right, about absolutely. finances, it's health, it's relationships, it's well-being. Uh, it's all of those things. And those, those are some of the powerful life lessons that there is such um, joy and peace in living your life with meaning and purpose. Viktor Frankl knew that, right? Right. Yep. Search for meaning. And, and, you know, and, for folks and he had to go through some really difficulties to learn that. Yeah. And, and, and thank goodness we don't have to go through. Uh, most of us don't have to go through those type of experiences. But just mm -hmm. for some of the listeners that haven't heard that story in a while, he was a, a POW in Auschwitz and in World War II and went through those experiences and saw many people die. And he credits his I'm giving you the abbreviated, abbreviated mm -hmm. version of all this. He credits his uh, survival to um, purpose and meaning. And he had two. One, looking forward to seeing his wife again. And two, he saw he had a, this vision of his life. He saw himself in a well-lit, you could see why that might have been important in his, in his circumstances he was living in, warm lecture theater. He saw himself giving a lecture on the psychology of a concentration camp and talking about meaning and purpose. And those things kept him going. He talked about people when when you saw them smoke their last cigarette, he knew they were giving up and they were going to pass soon. They literally had given up that the circumstances were so horrible and what kept him moving his purpose and meaning in life and that vision he had for who he was going to be. 
his wife and this lecturer, and he became you know, a great PhD psychologist yeah. teacher for all of us, not, not just about meaning, but uh, bigger things than that. But that was one of his main points in life is have meaning and purpose in life. And it's interesting looking at his story and those things came to pass. Yeah. You know, giving giving talks at universities and and because again, you your life moves in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Yes, yeah. There and there's people like I'm a big set goals from your purpose that are are smart, specific, mm -hmm. measurable, attainable, reliable, and trackable. And but I have found the value over the last few years that, that many people have is just setting that intention. It doesn't have to be measurable. I want to be a kinder person. Mm. Um. And you just keep and you and you reflect and learn on that weekly, monthly, yearly, whatever it might be. There is some real power in articulating and sending the brain those thoughts, right? And you'll come up with ideas. We call it actions at work, but you'll come up with ideas that'll send you towards that. So yeah, whatever you focus on. And, and of course, as we've already talked about, I find that there's real value to the brain and to your follow-up actions on writing it down and ruminating and pondering and around those ideas too. But yeah, whatever you send your brain towards and keep concentrating and thinking about, you'll get there. So what are some, what's a practical activity that I can do if uh, perhaps I'm just on the early stages of thinking about purpose? What are, so, what's something I can do now that's practical to, to move me toward my purpose? Well, there, and I, I, I'm, I realize there's some anxiety in developing a purpose statement, but if you just sat down and asked yourself those two questions, and it doesn't have to be perfect. Some people will get a hang up. I've got a lot, have to coach a lot of people through. Mm. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I gotta, no, you don't have to make it perfect. You'll work with it. Just start with answering those two questions. What are my strengths? How am I going to bring those forward? And then the second series of questions is around that funeral experience and how I want to be remembered. Just start with that and write down your thoughts from that. You know, I, my, I, my creativity, I want to be remembered as a creative, kind, caring people that contributed to society, whatever words makes, it doesn't matter. You'll adjust those down. So it doesn't have to be perfect. Just start today by writing down some of those words and intentions of who you want to be. And then weekly look at those words and say, well, how can I enact that this week? So if you just did those two practices, answered those questions, wrote them down, and then weekly for 30 minutes, 20 minutes, 15 minutes, started with, okay, I wrote down those words about creativity and goodness and kindness and service, making a difference, whatever the words is you wrote down. How can I enact that in my life? What could I do? What two things could I do this week? Don't overwhelm yourself with 20 things. Hmm. What two things could I do this week to start to more fully live who I want to be? Well, I could stop doing this or I could start doing that, or I could call so-and-so and check in with them, you know, whatever it might be. Just do those two simple activities. Don't overwhelm yourself. Start with those two exercises. What What do you think about that, Conrad? Is that is that doable? That's, Anything that's that? very doable, and, and I'm telling you, it'll change your life. Yeah, when you start doing yeah. that. And it sounds like you've had good experience even over the last year on doing that for last year, this year, and and yeah. trying to enact a difference for your life and people's lives that you're coaching with. Absolutely. Well, so what's the so, so tell us about your book and where can we find it? Yeah, it's on Amazon or you can find it on my website, uh, Live Your Purpose, a step-by-step -step guide to living your best life. Um, and it's been out for over a year and a half. It got really hot again over 
uh, Christmas, you know, I think people give books and or the new year, you know, people are looking for self-help and guidance. So yeah, I appreciate everybody's support. And those that have read it, if you don't mind leaving an honest review on Amazon, but yeah, it's, it's there, or you can find it on my website, ciforlife.org. And there's lots of other free tools, uh, goal setting tools, purpose statement, developing tools, uh, best life calculator. There's some fun stuff on there also that might help you on your journey to kickstart. And what a great time to think about it in the beginning of a new year. Absolutely. And we'll put links in for all those things in the show notes and people can access that. Well, Rick, it's been a real pleasure talking to you today. Thank you for sharing a little bit about your story and for your encouragement and seeking after purpose. I really appreciate that. And thanks for all you're doing, Conrad. Absolutely. Be sure to check out the links to Rick's book and his resources, his website in the show notes below. And hey, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and leave a review and maybe a five-star rating would be great too. I love five-star ratings. I'd love to hear what you thought about the show and about how you are living out your purpose. And be sure to follow us on all the socials. Check out the links in the show notes. And until next time, go out and make an impact by living with purpose. Thanks for listening. And I'll talk with you again next time on the Explore Purpose podcast.